0: Chris, what are we listening to? That is, of course, an all-time banger—the Spider-Man cartoon theme song—in honor of G.G. Jackson and his uh, red multi-ver- multiversal Spider-Man pants he wore after the game last night.
1: Um, did you watch the Spider-Man cartoon?
0: Oh yeah, that, that was like a that was like a. Di- a daily like after school thing in like the third grade or second grade or whatever. One hundred percent.
1: It was a Spider Man. I know the song, but I really like. I definitely watched the old, the old Batman. <laughs> what's his name? Adam. What the hell was Adam it? West. Adam West. I definitely watched the old Batman Adam West thing. I don't yes. think I watched the Spider Man one. Like the 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 Batman one. And I don't know if they were contemporaneous or if they. I mean, if they were. I think the Spider Man thing
0: came a little bit late. It, that's it felt, probably why. It felt, It feels very 70s. It feels very... I don't know if it was... It probably was not Hanna-Barbera, but it feels very Hanna-Barbera. That really sort of two-dimensional animation. Um, But, 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 yeah, I was way into that. That was one of my favorites.
1: So, uh, Gigi wore Spider-Man pants slash pajamas or whatnot, and... He expressed he some wears, affection for Spider Man? I, I, I
0: can tell you as the parent of a 13-year-old, uh-huh. I'm gonna guess that there's not that much difference, <laughs> frankly, between him and Gigi Jackson that he that he wears pajama pants out in public like regular pants, because I know my son does.
1: Um, and is he's a big fan as, of Spider Man. Yes. And who is it?
0: Who among us is not? I but yeah, right. Gigi Jackson likes Spider Man. It was actually quite philosophical, and I you know, and I, I don't know how fully he was in control of like how how that matched the game, but I felt like he kind of was where he said, you know, the thing, great, great thing about Spider-Man is that he can wear the mask. I mean, the thing about Spider-Man, like the, the initial Spider-Man is that Peter Parker is a teenager who like has destiny thrust upon him. And then you got this 19 year old kid like identifying with, with Spider-Man. It was pretty great. Um,
1: And uh, you found the entire thing charming. He, he apologized for putting his smoothie
0: on the, so That was that, that was my favorite thing. So they come in, uh-huh. This is his first time he's ever done the podium. I think it's like the second time for Vince Williams. So they come in together, and he has a smoothie with him, which is pretty common. I think the trainers like make yeah. all the players like their own private mix smoothies or whatever after the game. Right. And yeah. so they usually, you'll see them in the locker room, like in individual players' lockers. You don't really, you don't see him coming out to the podium that much, but he came out with his smoothie, and he sits down. And the podium, it's not even a podium, a dais or whatever. Right. It's just like a fold-out table, table. with, right. with tablecloth over it. And so he sets down, and he sets the food down, down. And immediately he reacts. He goes, "Oh." And he looks over to the media relations people, and says, "Is it okay for me to do that?" <laughs> like he was going to, like you know, get get like you know, water rings on the on the hardwood coffee table or something, oh, you know.
1: God. And then, uh, according to Drew, they got lost as they left the uh, as they headed back to the locker room, turned, turned into an electrical closet.
0: So- yeah, I missed that part because I, I, I had my laptop open in the in the press conference room, and I started writing immediately after they walked off. So I did not see that. But yeah, that that that, that, that tracks. I would say. So
1: it was, a, um, it was a day when, let's be honest, you, you just can't have expected much out of this game. It was the opposite of the season. Yeah. There were no expectations, and they
0: just <laughs> somersaulted right over it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, if as people were contemplating whether to go that game, I think some, uh, one of the, the calculus was the snow. Obviously, that was the biggest one. But then they're like, yep. what are we going risk the snow for what? Right. Like that was part of the calculus and part of why people are probably swapping their tickets for the tickets in the next three, because who needs to see the Warriors and the Warrior fans beat the hell out of your G League team? And it unfolded the way it unfolded. You called it the most fun or the best
0: home game of the year? I think so. I mean, they've won like four home games, so there's not (laughs) not a lot of competition, you know, so I think that's probably true. The other most memorable game of the season, like, you know, was at New Orleans and Jaws return game. So I think that's got to be. It's got to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had Jaws return here. Yeah, they, that was good. That was good. They won. And then you had the
0: Wembenyama. Uh Oh, that was good, too. We So yeah. so the, the the one other one was, like, against Utah or something. Um, that was the first home win of the season against Utah uh, before Jaws came back. And so there haven't been many. And so, yeah, you could you could debate. But I just think. The, entire, the total circumstances of the game, the unexpectedness of it, the, the Gigi Jackson, Vince william of it, the MLK day of it, the fact right. that, you know, it's happened amid this snowstorm. It was just a lot going on. It was sort of a big It was, it was a, a big day.
1: Yeah, it was a big moment, including Draymond getting booed. Uh, that was nice. Um, all right, so it was crazy because they hit 23s. Uh, uh, According to the Grizzlies, of the 116 points, 87 points were scored by players who have played for the hustle. They lost paint points 62 to 20, and they won points off turnovers 30 to 13. Um, Was this just hitting a bunch of threes?
0: What, what, What went into this victory? Well, I think you know. From our perspective, we like to look at what the Grizzlies did right. I think if I were if I was sitting in San Francisco right now, I'd be like pull the plug on this team because I mean that 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 was that was not great by the Warriors. That did not inspire a lot of confidence from the Warriors. So I do think like that was part well, of let's, it. Let's
1: let's pause there. Then what do you think? Like getting old has happened to them, but Andrew Wiggins isn't old. Like what do you what is wrong with the
0: Warriors? And can Andrew they? Andrew Wiggins' it, whole this... career has been kind of up and down, though, and so right. like it's not shocking to see it down. Period. Right. I think it's mostly getting old. I think Clay is nowhere close to what he used to be, and Green is not close to what he used to be, and the young kids are a mishmash. But they haven't like come up. as the second wave that they expected quite, and so, and you wonder if it's like you know, it, it, at some point, like it's been a long, it's been a long run for the Warriors, a long historic run. Right. At some point, does like you just sort of run its course? And like, in addition to the decay, is there sort of like a mental? like crackling is 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 that you know do you get tired of hearing steve kerr talk i mean i do and so like you know maybe <laughs> those guys do and so you know i don't know but it doesn't it, it feels like this is the it feels like the escalator is headed down and it's not going to head back up is what it feels like and maybe the, they'll shock us again but that's not what it feels
1: like and the problem there is too is is that like wiggins is under he's got three more years Draymond right. has three more years um, I still think there's this sense that Clay wants a new contract after this year, and he is totally washed. So, right. all right. So, part of it is is what the Warriors aren't good uh,
0: the, from the Grizzlies' perspective. What was? It was really not well? a good day for the Warriors. Yeah. They, they just, they just. I mean, I didn't. I I was. I was writing about. The, I wasn't getting into the, the hardcore X's yeah. and O's basketball breakdown right. when I wrote. And so I haven't like you know analyzed the box score closely, and you know you're 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 telling me you're giving me information about points in the bait, like right. I wasn't thinking about that last night. Um, but I, I just think they they just kept fighting, and it, it was impressive. Really, this whole homestand, they lost, they lost to get to the Clippers, they lost to the Knicks, but they played really credible basketball considering the lineups they were putting on the floor. And I just think they just kept plugging away last night, and and. You know, and and they get guys off the bench. I mean, Gigi Jackson primarily, but like all four guys off the bench scored double figures, and so they had guys step up and play well. And they got after it defensively. They made a lot of threes, but they took a lot of threes. I mean, they shot thirty-seven percent from three. It wasn't some historic three-point shooting night. I mean, Jaron shot four twenty from the floor. Right. But even him, like he's got five stocks, he's got five assists. He made two big plays to sell the game late. Like you know, they just they they played hard and they won, and so good for them. It's kind of interesting. They started. Uh, Vince, Sayer,
1: and Luke. Like, no, they forget. We, who needs a point guard? Uh, and well, it was- as
0: good as Gilliard was, like they were subbing him out a lot. Like, I like in moments late where, he, where ordinarily you probably wouldn't have been subbing out your point guard. I think there's an awareness that like his size just limits you so much defensively. And so, you know, I, I think you don't get by without a point guard, you know. Uh, so
1: obviously, the uh, and the star of the show was Gigi Jackson, and it's funny. Like some of what made it so great is just like the moment. Like it's surprising, yeah. and it's the the interactions, and he's charming, or whatever else. But some of it is the like if if Jacob Gilliard was the star of the show, we wouldn't be reacting like this because there's also no hope for the future that he's going to be an important piece. Here, I think it's a, it's those things converging. A, it's just a fun moment, but a fun moment for a piece that people are imagining uh, that he could be an important piece. Um, you think that of these two, obviously Vince Williams picked 47th in 2022 and Gigi Jackson picked 45th in 2023. Vince Williams is affirmatively is going to be a important rotation player going forward. What are your odds currently of Gigi? Oh, I think they're very strong.
0: I guess the only—I sort, of, sort of find myself being put in like the, like the pump-the-brakes guy. And right. people, should, the people, should, people should be thrilled about his game last night, the whole experience of it. Um, people should be excited about his talent and his potential as a long-term player for the Grizzlies— I guess what I the only thing I would say is that you look at last night, you know, he's career high twenty three. Of the six field goals he made, five for threes, and three point shooting just like fluctuates. Man, he, he's made at least two games that he, since he's broken through. He shot, I think, 7 or 12 over two games, just 58%. In the G League this season, over like 160-something attempts, he shot 31%. And so, like, the shooting is probably going to, like, bob up and down a little bit. I don't know where it'll settle. I mean, he's 19 years old. It may not settle for five years. I mean, I don't know. But I think the talent is clear beyond just the shot-making. I mean, he's contributing other ways. He's hitting the boards. He's getting steals. He's getting blocks. He's moving the ball. I think he's really talented, and I think... You know, the Grizzlies don't have to make a decision on him anytime soon if they don't want to. In fact, I'm pretty sure, and I still have not confirmed this, I'm pretty sure they just have a team option on a two-way next season. So he's going to be back one way or the other, and they have, they have a long runway to work with him. And so people should just like sit back and like watch and enjoy the show and see, <laughs> and see where it goes. Uh,
1: So you are, just to be clear, you are more enthusiastic about his future and potential than you ever were, Kenneth Lofton Jr., even though you were the head of
0: the, uh, what was the name of the Yeah, no, I I enjoyed Lofton. I enjoyed him because of his style of play, because of the post moves, you know, the footwork and the soft hands and the post moves. And I just, aesthetically, I enjoyed the way he played. Not a lot of guys play like that anymore. And I thought, and I still think, by the way. Like, he has real NBA-level talents. He also has real NBA-level deficiencies. But he has real NBA-level talents. Like, I don't think we've heard the last of Kenneth Lawton. Like, he's put up numbers for the for Philadelphia G League team. He probably he should have been back with the G League for the Grizzlies this season. He, he didn't want to do that. And that ended up being, I think, a mistake for him. So I think we have not heard the last of Kenneth Lawton Jr. But Kenneth Lawton Jr. is an atypical, he's a, he's a square peg in a, in a round hole NBA right now. Gigi Jackson is not. Gigi Jackson like makes sense. He makes all the sense in the world, in a different way, but similar to the way Vince Williams from day one always made sense. You didn't know what they was going to pan out, but you could look at him in his first summer league game two years ago and say, "Okay, like if that all works out, he could be their Contavious Caldwell Pope or whatever." Like he looks, I mean, he fits the part perfectly, and so does Gigi Jackson. Like he 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 fits exactly what you want an NBA player to look like. And so, like, it's a much clearer path for Gigi Jackson if he keeps improving and and, and if he keeps on this trajectory than it was for Lofton.
1: We don't have to decide this now. And as you point out, the Grizzlies have a long runway with him contractually. They also have, like, we we get to see the rest of the season, right? Like, And and that's actually going to be important. In terms of, like, Vince Williams and Gigi, like, figuring out just next year, take it. What roles Vince Williams I mean if Marcus Smart Is back I presume he's going to be The other starter And so right. You have two other wings Who are contributing there's, there's, Well
0: Yeah Let's talk about Vince Williams for a second Yeah Cause Like that dude You know 24-7-4 Two right. steals one block And he had the toughest Defense assignments on the floor He always has the toughest defensive assignment on the floor Whenever he is on the floor He is like Dylan Brooks In that way He's like Marcus Smart In that way He's like Tony Allen In that way He's like, let's go back to James Posey in that way. He's the next one of these dudes. And he's, he hasn't been doing this for two games. Right. And by this, I don't I mean 24 points. That's clear right. high. But contributing to wins in multiple ways, he's been doing that for six weeks at this point. Right, And he's 23 years old and he's a second year pro. And so like, like, the mystery is gone with me. I mean, he, 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 you're, you're, he is pu- you're, he is. you're, you're pumping no brakes when it comes no, to. No, no, no. I'm, you're hitting the the accelerator.
1: I'm <laughs> <Junior>. <laughs> By the way, why, so like, why do you like the posy comp? I've heard you make that before.
0: What are you. Yeah, like? I'm going to write about this at some point. I, I think, you know, people, people have sort of made Dylan Brooks comps for obvious reasons. Like, we, you know, we got rid of Dylan Brooks, but now we got this guy, and he's what we wanted Dylan Brooks to be. Dylan Brooks had short arms and a loud mouth. Right. And this William Shooter has, has long arms and it's sort of. Soft-spoken, it reminds me a lot more of Posey. And there's something about the way he moves. There's something about his physicality. This sort of combination of sort of length and force and sort of lankiness that just sort of—it reminds me more of Posey aesthetically than it does any of these other guys. But anyway, this so, Williams yeah. is just—he yeah. he, like—he's he, already here. He's fully arrived. And so, I, Marcus Smart will probably be the starter next season. I, I, I will not pound Maybe the not. table and, uh-huh. and complain if, 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 if that's the case. I would probably start Vince Williams and bring Spartan off the bench just in terms of my lineup flow, but, like, whatever. Either way, I think Vince Williams is the fourth perimeter player on the team going into next season. And so, <clears throat> at that point, we talk about, like, who's your fifth perimeter player. And right now it's Luke Kennard, and if they bring Luke Kennard back on the team option, it'll still be Luke Kennard next season. But, like, Gigi Jackson is serving notice to these other dudes right now, you know, to <laughs> Zire Williams and Jake Laravia and John Conjar and David Roddy. All those guys, like, you know, if if it hasn't happened already, like, you know, see you, you know, you're in the rear view. I mean, he he is serving notice for that. There's opportunity for him to be a rotation player for the Grizzlies next season if he keeps doing this. But I don't think he's going to crack, you know, right. the, the John Morant, Desmond Bade, Marcus Smart, Vincent Williams tier. I don't, th- I think that's too much too soon.
1: Uh, you just, what's nice is that you just put Vince Williams on the John ja Morant tier. That's. <laughs> in, well, I mean, in, the guys right, who, yes, right, who are lock every rotation day, players every same. night. Uh, every night rotation players. By the way, John Conchar had a DNP yesterday. Yeah, that's
0: interesting, given how shorthanded they were. Right. I, I don't know. I'm mean, Taylor. They did, they did have nine players, and they played nine. And Taylor Jenkins has gone more to nine than ten this season. Um, And so maybe he just decided. I'm playing nine, and I actually have ten I can choose. And like, sorry, John Conjar. Uh, you went to the symposium? Uh, I did. i not for all of it, but I was there for a lot of it. It was pretty good. You know, I, I think all all four of the the honorees were quite engaging and quite intelligent, and there's some good stuff said. And so it was a pretty sparse crowd, you know, given given it's the weather a storm, yeah. given that, you know, it's a symposium, not a game, you know, (laughs) so you don't get the, not everyone who goes to the game goes to the symposium, that's for sure. But it was still a good event. I think it was among the better ones I've I've, I've been to.
1: You mentioned Alex English uh, struck a, made a point that seemed relevant.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Pete Franca asked them sort of some stuff about, you know, some more present tense stuff, which I appreciated, and they all had good responses. Um, You know, a couple of them talked about, Renee Montgomery, who was the youngest panelist you know there talked yeah. about you know people of her generation or younger struggling to like buy homes in a way that maybe people didn't a generation ago, and talked about you know the economics the, how how king's king King's campaign had turned uh, taking on more of an economic bit toward the end of his life and that he he could pick back up where he left off with that. And Alex English sort of made reference to some of the um, attacks on teaching and history and, and, and some of that stuff that's going on around the country as, as a place where we sort of regressed a little bit. So I appreciated those comments. Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate Please. it. Yeah, you can read Chris's piece
1: over at the Daily
0: <laughs> Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.
1: T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network.
0: Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at and t at tmobilecom mobilecom across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.